everybody, and welcome to Listen Money Matters. Money is like air. It's only important when you're not getting any. My name is Matt, and I'm here, as always, with Andrew. Andrew, how are you, and what are you drinking? Uh, I'm, I'm so good because it's actually beautiful in New York. It, oh. like, raises my spirits. Oh. Yesterday was glorious. The day before that, I mean, I just was walking. I forgot nice. what that was like. Hmm. Um, <laughs> it's been cooped up in your house the whole time? <laughs> Pretty much. I just right. stare outside and just get angry at, like, yeah. the, the weather. Um, I'm obviously drinking a barrel-aged stout. Of course. that's all I drink now. Yep. It's when it's nice weather outside, you drink a barrel-aged stout inside. That, that's right. With the windows closed. Well, yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, from Founders. It's KBS. Oh, shit. Kentucky Breakfast do- Stout. Yeah. And they basically say that they add a massive amount of coffee and chocolates to yeah. it, <laughs> which I didn't. I mean, it's true. It's that's so it. good. That's a good beer. Sir, what are you drinking? I am drinking something called Space Clouds. It's a dry hopped farmhouse mixed culture Brett Ale from 2018 from Central Standard Brewing in Mm. Wichita, Kansas. Oh. So that's that's far distance for the beer to travel for you. I know. And it's sour. And I'm like, I'm not usually a sour beer fan, but here we are. Here we are. So, (laughs) uh, so money is like air. It's only important when you're not getting any is our catchphrase today. And that is from Sean via email. And today we have a guest on the show today. Uh, we are talking to Bethany Goldzer, of, uh, the, who is the Senior Director of Programs and Development at Urban Upbound. Bethany, welcome to the show. So glad to be here. Thank you for having me. Are you drinking anything? Anything fancy? I know it's it's look for me. It's 11 a.m. So <laughs> it, yeah. So so for Game of Thrones fans, mm. winter is here. But for me, summer is coming. So I am drinking a green juice. Nice. Ooh. Summer is like upon us. In fact, like it is it like spring is been kicking ass this year. Mm. And I've been drinking very, I actually just made a, a, a Kolsch. So I'm like ready for summer. So, uh, so, so Bethany, uh, what is Urban Upbound? Tell us a little bit about Urban Upbound. So Urban Upbound is a nonprofit based in New York City. We have four locations, primarily in Queens and Manhattan, and mm-hmm. we help people improve their lives. We do that through various programs, such as access to employment, free one-on-one financial counseling, free tax preparation, home buyer education classes, and we have a credit union so people can have access to oh. safe and affordable products and loans. Mm. And to be clear, uh, this, is, this isn't like, I know you guys are in New York, but this is not a New York special thing. Like this is, this exists across the U.S., right? It exists across the U.S. We like to say it's because of us that it exists across the U.S. We um, had this initiative piloted in 2011 in collaboration with the United Way of New York City. It was picked Mm -hmm. up by other organizations across New York City because they realized that it's effective and it works. We got really great preliminary results. And as of 2014, it's been replicated to 12 or so other cities. So I do have, I will have a link. I think you guys will put it in the show notes to mm-hmm. other places where people could find one-on-one free financial counseling. It exists in cities like Atlanta, Akron, Ohio, Denver, Philadelphia, Pittsburgh. So tons of other cities. And then yep. if, if it's not listed on that um, resource sheet, then people can just Google free one-on-one financial counseling and they should be able to find it. Plenty of uh, nonprofits across the U.S. do offer free one-on-one financial counseling. Now, I 
live close to New York City, but I, I'm in Jersey. If if I was in Jersey and listened and I was like, this is awesome. It could really mm-hmm. fix my life. Am I able to drive in and talk to you guys? Or do I have to be a resident of the location the center's in? So for our funding purposes, they we do require people be residents of New York City. Mm-hmm. Um, what you can do is you could, you know, contact us and we'll give you a referral to an organization that's in New Jersey, which we know we know quite a few of them that are. Oh, that's Jersey cool. Based. Oh, awesome. Right. And this is so this is a nonprofit specifically for like low income neighborhoods or is it for just anybody? Well, we target people that are considered both low and moderate income. So in New York City, that can go up to about seventy or eighty thousand dollars. We tend to target people that are between forty and sixty thousand dollars for a fam- that, family household income. Wait, so what? What that's considered low income in New York? In New York and in many cities, it is considered low income to you know make whatever what the median um, income is. And in New York City, that's fifty one thousand dollars a year. In places like Denver, it's similar. It's about $45,000 a year. So if I live in a major city and I make like $50,000 to $60,000 a year, I could get free, professional, awesome tax prep. Yes. Hmm. Wow. And be part of a, um, what is it, a credit union? You can be part of our credit union. But the biggest thing that we offer is the free one-on-one financial counseling. And I know, Matt, you don't like financial advisors, but, <laughs> <laughs> but these are different from an, an advisor who's, you know, working with wealthy people or trying to tell you what to do with your money. Right. These are people that help you with an immediate financial crisis that you're having. Maybe you're living paycheck to paycheck or your student loans have gotten well, out of hand. Totally. So that feels so different than like somebody who is just pitching, say, mutual funds that they're getting kickbacks on mm. because it's coming from a nonprofit, right? So I mean, I can there, I could definitely see the difference there. And what, what's what's surprising me, and we talked a little bit about this, and we didn't want to uh, give it away, but like the idea that you know, it, 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 is this forty to fifty or even sixty thousand dollar a year salary in New York City or all these other major cities that you mentioned, is that below the poverty line or somewhere in in the, like below or above it? It's not below the poverty line. The poverty line is is around sixteen thousand dollars a year. Oh wow! Okay, in oh New York, God. right? Okay. But we know from you know from you know, the message boards of just generally what people are concerned about is that they're living paycheck to paycheck, mm-hmm. and that's who we service are people that are making a livable wage salary, but with all of the expenses of living and student loan debt and credit card debt, they're barely getting by. Hmm. And what, why is this, do you think this is on the rise? Is this happening more often than it, I mean, I I would believe it is, right? It is happening more often. There's a lot of predators out there who, a lot of people that come in to see us, for instance, with regards to student loans, it's because they Mm -hmm. attended for-profit colleges. So if you're on the subway in New York, Mm -hmm. you, you saw them at one time, all the time you'd see the Berkeley colleges, the Mercy colleges. These are for-profit colleges that preyed on students and students would go there and they wouldn't graduate and or the schools closed down and they still were on the hook for these very large uh, bills. And how are you helping them with that? So our financial counselors work one on one with them. They do research to see if they qualify for any of the um, borrower defense programs. That mm-hmm. was a program that just was released not too long ago, where if a student has attended one of these schools and can prove that they 
sort of, you know, entered into it under false pretenses, then they can get their loans forgiven. So we do a lot of deep dive research into various loopholes that we can sort of get these things (laughs) forgiven. How are you finding these people? Or how are they coming to you? We have a, um, an outreach team. And our mm. outreach team does a lot of door knocking in the community. We also work with tons of other community-based partners, schools, different agencies to get mm. the word out about our programs. Every year, we serve about 22,000 people across all of our sites. Really? Yes. But that's how many people come through the programs. That's how many people come through our, our programs. And... They don't have to pay for any of the services that you offer. They're just coming through and that's it. It's absolutely free. Actually, my my entire job at Urban Upbound is to write for grants. I write grants. I get about $12 million every year. Wow. wow. <laughs> so I'm, I'm the, I'm, my team is the money team. The, my, myself and I have two other staffers. We're, we're the money team. We bring it all in and uh, we make it rain. And to be clear, you guys don't only help with like free tax prep. I was checking on your site and you provide education and help people get jobs, you know, if they were getting minimum wage, I think you said on your site that they can get like up to 50% more per hour by going through your program. Yes. So a lot of the reasons why people are also in the situations that they're in is because they're not making enough money. So we partner with employers that are hiring for livable wage jobs Mm -hmm. and we prepare people to get those jobs. So we offer them with interview assistance, resume assistance, just general coaching on how to thrive in that particular workplace. And then we help them get those jobs. So jobs that we um, help people get can range anywhere from $20 to $30 an hour, which for a lot of the folks we serve is a significant life improvement. I'm just so curious about the amount of money because like the amount of money that people make per year and, and not to say that they can't use your, like, do you have a cutoff for like people that you won't accept people? No, you'll just accept it. We we'll accept, we accept anyone. I have people that work for the city that work for the MTA. We have yeah. firefighters that are making six figure salaries, but are mm-hmm. still for whatever reason or another are living paycheck to paycheck. That's insane. And is it because that, is it really just because of the areas that they live in? Because I, it just doesn't match the income they're getting versus like the cost of living in those cities. So for so for the majority of people that we work with, mm-hmm. their incomes do not match how much it truly costs to live and to thrive live in New York City. Right. Mm. But for people that are that are making more than the livable wage, it's um, there. Are, they are usually. Um, their families know that they're making amount of, certain amount of money, and mm-hmm. so they're they're they, family members come to them very often for loans. So I had a client mm-hmm. last week that I that I, I was speaking to, and he had a family member who needed an eighteen thousand dollar loan to purchase a car, and he gave the money to him. Mm-hmm. The friend the the family member has not paid him back, and now his credit is in the dumps. Uh-huh. So he went from having a seven fifty credit score. To having a 620 credit score and his wife right. is so upset with him because they're were, they were in the midst of saving for a house or to buy a house and now that's not possible so he came to us because he needs assistance with sort of rectifying that situation with his family member somehow getting that money back and things that he can do to improve his credit and you guys are helping him with that we're helping him with that so we so our financial counseling program which is really the bread and butter of the work that we do we help people achieve four core outcomes. So those things are reducing their debt, mm-hmm. improving their credit, 
saving or acquiring mm-hmm. an asset such as a home or starting their own business. So who is funding you guys? We get funded by um, Department of Consumer Affairs, New York City. Uh, is that is that the one that Elizabeth Warren started? I'm not sure. I, I think it, that might be something else. Consumer Protection Bureau or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. So, so consumer the Department of Consumer Affairs is that and that's a government organization. That's a government organization. And we also get funded privately by a couple of banks, JP Morgan Chase and City Foundation. What do you think that their angle is for wanting to support an organization like yours? They want to make ro- ro- uh, right the wrongs of 20 20- 2008. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. really? Yeah. So I believe there was a co- there was a community reinvestment act that was passed at some point, and so mm. they're required to give back to communities that were uh, taken advantage of. And Wells Fargo is yeah. also um, lumped into that. They they sure um, have to um, reinvest back in communities in the form. Primarily, Wells Fargo participates in the housing counseling. Ah. Uh. You know, that's yeah, that's interesting. I, I I find it fascinating that like first of all that that this even exists because I didn't know. Um yeah. but uh it must improve the communities so much because I, I'd read this study where if you gave a dollar to like the top X percent earners, it actually generates less than a dollar of economic activity for the US. But if you give a yeah, dollar so trickle down is bullshit, basically. Right. right? I mean it literally okay. statistically is, is bullshit. But yeah. if you give a dollar to like a, a lower percentage earner, it actually is a multiple of a dollar in terms of economic activity because they're gonna spend it and it's gonna go to someone else who's then going to spend it. So ha- like in doing this, and I know you've been doing it for a while, have you seen communities like literally improve? Uh, absolutely. So we're, our office is located in Long Island City. And one of the reasons why Amazon wanted to move to Long Island City because of all of the economic activity that has gone mm. on in the area. And many of our residents are participants in that economic activity. One of the things I didn't mention is that we also have three worker cooperative businesses. And these are multi-million dollar grossing businesses that are, that are owned and operated by community residents. And so all of the different uh, companies that are moving into the area come to urban upbound and they want to contract with us for, you know, for the Mm. different services that we offer primarily uh, security, our security company. They want us to work for them. So they know that people who come through your program are capable, forward thinking. And so basically like they're, they're almost selfishly working with you guys because they're getting great people out on the other end of your program. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. Definitely a source. Yeah, the, the, yeah. The, 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 there's so much there's been so much improvement over the last decade in that I'm working there and that we have tons more people that have assets that have resources. Our credit union is able to get money into the hands of people who couldn't get loans from traditional banks anymore to go mm-hmm. open up their own businesses. So there's just a lot of great development. Do you think that since you're you now you're targeting specifically like communities, right? Like small, like like close knit communities. And I'm wondering if when you have somebody who comes and and utilizes your services, does that create a improvement? Like if even if one person comes over and maybe they're like, I don't know, 
um, popular in the in the community, or they start to spread the word about what you guys are doing, or just how they're managing their money better. Does that like does like that one person or two people make a bigger impact in the long term? Do you have any data that supports that, or or know of anecdotes that support that? Well, that's how. So the outreach team that I talked about earlier is yeah. made up of of people who we call ambassadors that were participants in our program, and they okay. they benefited from it, and then they bring neighbors into the program. So mm. what that leads to is what we call saturation. We're able to penetrate the community at a deeper level. Um, we focus on um, our, our Queensbridge office is located in a public housing development and we've yeah. saturated one third of the apartments there. They have at least one person who's gone wow. through our programs. Our programs are, are open to anyone that lives in, in New York City, particularly the one-on-one financial counseling. It's not so much about serving the people that live only directly in the community, but because mm-hmm. we're located in a very central location in Long Island City mm-hmm. that's you know very close to um, the train system, we want anyone who can who can benefit from our services to utilize them. Sure. Uh, so I have a few more questions, but before I get to that, we need to take a short break. But when we return, we'll be back and we'll talk more about it. All right, so I have a question. Mm-hmm. Um, we, earlier you mentioned 2008. Do you think a lot of this, a lot of, I mean, I, I, was, I was assuming there's a lot of problems. Do you think that is, is really directly from 2008 or is just this long running issue? Long running issue, of course, that was exasperated by exasperated. 2008. Okay. So a lot of the people that you deal with are really, or not, I shouldn't say a lot in generalized, but you think like, maybe a, a specific amount of people or, or, a, or a, a significant amount of people I meant to say are reeling from what happened in 2008. Yes. And also okay. I can tell you that there has been a generational shift. So we see a lot mm. more millennials now, 40% of the people we serve are between the ages of 18 and 36 years old. Mm. And the two key issues that they're coming to us about or high credit card debt. There's this need to get what you want right now. Sure. And student loan debt. Yeah. Do you think that uh, these younger people, I mean, this is definitely skewing younger, are coming to you because they are, I don't, I don't want to say like less proud than perhaps their parents and more willing to get help? Or do you think that they are literally in a more shitty situation like a downward spiral. Yeah. It, it's terrible. I mean, it's really scary. I mean, I have student loan debt and mm-hmm. you know, I'm at, I'm at, I'm at about $20,000, but that's after three degrees. I've seen people yeah. in 50 to $60,000 worth of student loan debt and have zero degrees to show for it. Oh, wow. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's a serious issue. And I know that, well, I just heard something about, and I don't mean to bring up Elizabeth Warren again, but like, we know you I know love that her. she's. I do. I mean, I do. Um, I think she's. She just introduced a, a bill that will basically eradicate all student loan debt or something, something along those lines. And she's trying to. I'm like, I, it, it's. They're trying to make like colleges back like free again, like what they were what they were back in like the 60s and 70s. See, that's which, a great campaign slogan: make college free. Again. I know. <laughs> I know. It's yeah, stifling right? <laughs> growth in the U.S. Like all this yeah. debt. These people are paying off loans instead of, I don't know, buying cars and things that help the economy. But, you know, you mentioned the credit card thing because, like, I, I I kind of, like, as I didn't have student loan debt, but I understand that why that's such an issue because 
like you wanted to get you want to get educated. So you go and get educated like that is a positive thing that you're doing prior to. But then you're left with this consequence. And that's that just sucks. But the credit card thing, that's that's interesting because I, I feel like there isn't a positive beforehand there. Like it's you had, you had mentioned like it, uh, you're seeing a lot of millennials and it's that instant gratification culture of I want it now. Here's a credit card. Like I certainly fell into that into that trap when I got my first credit card in the mail. It was only five hundred dollars, but I went to Target and just blew it and then and then just didn't pay anything. So I totally understand it. But why do you think it's happening? Like, why, why do you think that that's is either that's a thing that's always happened or it's just more prevalent in the millennial culture because of this instant gratification system that we live in now with Instagram or whatever? I, I don't I don't know. I, I feel that it's new. I mean, I re- remember getting my new. first credit card and, and sort of maxing it out and I got into mm-hmm. tons of debt. But it was for living expenses. A lot of the young people we work mm. with live at home with their with their families. So you know they don't have. What are they buying? That it's 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 shoes, it's cell phones, it's the latest mm. Apple products, it's trips. You know, it's this Instagram life. Just yeah. you know, mm. I mean that's what we no, yeah. that's what we see a lot of. And 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 you know we know that people that are poor and of lower income just have they value money and see it differently. So so much of the work that we sure. do is about resetting the way that they think about money. Money is a tool. Oh. You know, if you have money, you can get um, you know, better deals. You can get if you can can protect your credit, you're going to get loans that are have lower interest rates, which essentially gives you more money. But, you know, they don't see money that way. And there's also How how do they see it? it it's it's not it's almost like it's play money. I mean, we hear this all the time uh, when we when we talk to clients that have tons and tons of debt and they say, you know, I got this credit card and it just didn't seem like real money and I got the bill in the mail and you know, I just I thought it was optional. I didn't think I really needed to pay the whole thing and I didn't understand interest and I didn't understand that I'd yeah. get charged late fees and this thing mounts up. I pay the make pay the minimum, but there's no dent being made in the total balance. So there's just a lot of misinformation about and about what it, it means to have a credit card. It almost sounds like there's no information because how are you supposed to and and again I, I I dealt with this myself like how are you supposed to know that unless you unless you actually go and ask because I can totally see the shiny credit card the gold credit card coming in and it's just numbers on a piece of paper and so yeah of course it's monopoly money it's play money it's it is you know it's just whatever and and yet you go to the store and you run the credit card and it works and you're like oh shit like this is real money but i it doesn't feel like it cuz it's i'm not holding it and there's there's no deficit because it wasn't mine to begin with right and so i just i like like to to view it that way and then how, like how do you how is it just it makes me angry like how is anybody supposed to know that because, like i had to start a whole freaking podcast to figure it all out and i'm still learning right so i i can see it just being a total uphill battle especially for people who won't ask the questions and then don't want to hear it when they're, when it's presented to them. It's like, it's kind of boring. It's a boring topic. It's, it's terrible, but I can tell you that what we're doing is we're integrating a lot of our financial education and literacy programs into our workforce mm-hmm. development programs and other programs that attract young people to make sure that they get this information early because it's really when, by the time they come to us, our, our, the financial counseling portion of our program, it's just so yeah. late. It's, you know, they've just done a lot of damage on those credit cards. 
when do you think the best time is to reach them? Before they get a credit card. Before so before eighteen. Before eighteen, absolutely. Because everyone can get a credit card at eighteen, right? Like there's they kind of just send it to you as soon you as get you a turn. Free frisbee. Yeah, they get know. it's like your birthday. It's like a birthday card in the mail. Yeah, I believe they changed the rules now. I believe you have to be twenty one. You have to be twenty one oh, now hmm. to get a credit card. So yeah, if you if you walk into a bank now, if you're between the ages of eighteen and twenty, you have to have a parent co sign for you. Oh, okay. Which so is which I is which is love- which is better, but then you get to you know, you still. get to twenty one and you think, Okay, I'm grown now, so I <laughs> I can just sure, go right. to town now with this credit card. <laughs> right, right, right. So I love that you call the the people in the program mentors. And I've had like mentors in my life that have like literally changed my life. Um where do these mentors come from? Are they volunteers? Are they people who have gone through the program, seen the light and kind of feed back into it to kind of give back? Like, how, how does the program survive, live? Well, we pay them. So remember, mm-hmm. I do tons of fundraising and grant writing mm-hmm. to get money so that I can pay staff. So we hire financial counselors and we send them to a training that is offered by the City University of New York. They go through about eight weeks of education and, and various scenarios that are going to come their way when they're counseling people. And at the end mm-hmm. of that eight weeks, they get a certification and then they shadow one of our experienced counselors for you know, anywhere from six to eight weeks. And then they get out there on their own and begin to counsel. So they are trained so, yeah. and they are paid. I could literally find you guys because I'm in a terrible situation you could help me fix my situation and I they could then get a job through you guys and you will pay to train me. Wow. And if not, just be an ambassador at yeah. least. Yeah, and that and, and then and then people like you who who have gone through our program and then um, and then apply and, and want to work with us, make the best counselors. Because again, that's the, the relatability factor. It's right. critical in terms of credibility and the person actually feeling like you know what you're talking about and that it's it, you are going to actually help them out of their situation. Do you try and pair, you know, the people who come in with mentors that maybe are from the same neighborhood or or have a similar life story so that they can connect? That's a good question. We tend to pair people based on who's an expert on the issue that the Ah. person is having. So we have our student loan expert. You know, we like him to you know, go to town and helping people sort of navigate that issue. We have our person that's good getting on the phone with those debt collection agencies and negotiating mm-hmm. that debt uh, mm-hmm. down. Um, we have our people that are really good with the home ownership stuff, navigating, you know, that entire process and making sure people know what resources exist if they want to purchase a home. So we do it based on yeah. content and we also do it based on languages. So we do have people that come in that speak Mandarin, that speak Bengali, Spanish, Russian, Creole. We have counselors mm-hmm. that also speak those languages. We want people to wow. be able to speak in the languages that they're most comfortable in about their financial yeah. issues. Do you have any, like, can you, can you share, I don't know if this is like, if you can do this or not, but can you share any success stories that are just like crazy, awesome and inspirational from, from anybody that's gone through your program? Yeah, I would say um, the, the more, the, 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 the one that I can think of that really sort of made me smile because I could relate completely to this issue was that we had a young woman who was making $2,500 a month. She had, okay. she had extremely high student loan payments. She was living by herself. And you know, in New York City mm-hmm. to live by yourself, you know, making $2,500 a month is extremely 
difficult. So her rent was about yeah. her rent was about eleven hundred dollars for a studio. Oh. So yeah. yeah, so fifty. Which is actually good in New York, I feel like. <laughs> really? Well, I mean, she Where? lives like like in 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 Queens, Regal Park, so so way oh. out there, mm. you know, and commuting to Manhattan. Right. So um, so she had this student loan debt. She also had credit card debt, and she just there was no light at the end of the tunnel for her. She just came into our mm-hmm. office in tears because she was getting eaten by credit card fees and and interest yeah. charges and her student loan payments were going into default. It was just a disaster. Yeah. yeah. So we had her sit down had her sit down with our student loan expert. He did help her figure out how to get a portion of our loans forgiven. Okay. Mm. She's a, she was a teacher. So if you know if you teach for a certain amount yep. of years, then in a in a low income area for a Title I school mm-hmm. You qualify for student loan forgiveness. So she did get a yep. portion of her loans forgiven. She didn't know about this at all. Uh, yeah. How would you? Again, yeah, again, how would you know? Yeah, yeah. So it was exciting. to So she got a portion of her loans forgiven. So that was good for her. And then he also, you know, called the credit card company and got her on a, on a reasonable payment plan and they stopped the mm-hmm. interest charges. So which was wow. which was great. Yeah, they she got on a payment plan and she should have stuck to this payment plan. She was paying them twice a month. They yep. agreed to stop the bleeding. And, uh, wow. yeah, so we've saved, we saved her in total. It was about 2000, two, two or $3,000, um, you know, in debt. Just from yeah. That. Just from, just from that one interaction. Then, and then it's about, you know, going over actions and steps that she can take moving forward to, you know, mm-hmm. continue to, um, get out of debt. And also we helped her get another job because she needed a second job in order to oh, really? continue to pay down her debt. Yeah, and I think that's so common. I mean, I, I, people need a side hustle. They need some other source of income to really make it in these big cities. And I guess being a teacher, too, you do have you do have extra time in the summer, at least, which I know a lot of teachers they do have summer jobs. Extra time in the summer, and then she's out of school at four o'clock. And so yeah. many agencies are looking for tutors, so she started uh, tutoring right. for twenty bucks an hour, you know, every day after school. Yeah, it's still a lot of time. It's a lot of work, you know. Um, is there anything we can do? Well, anything that you can do, definitely <laughs> make sure you continue to share the uh, the resource that there are free services that exist for people. Mm. You know, no one should ever go on Google and look for a paid financial advisor is my thought. When right. people exist that will do this for free if you fall into that income category, which is, again, is quite high. Right. A lot of... Financial advisors also work with people who have disposable income. So when we were first launching our program, um, on recommendation from our board chair, we went down and talked to people at LearnVest because he was very close to Mm -hmm. the founder of Mm LearnVest. And she told us point blank. She says, listen, our programs are set up for people that make, you know, this certain salary and they have disposable income at the end of the month. If you don't work with people that have disposable income, then you have to do it. There has to be another way. And so that's what we do is that we do research and we figure out what are other tools and and resources out there that can help people, you know, stop themselves from living paycheck to paycheck. Yeah. And I guess too, just, just being like having a platform and perhaps we're talking to a lot of people who are good with money. Some people who are not good with money and want to become better with money. The people who are good with money, you know, Andrew and I included Andrew more. So like, we have to promote this idea that like help is you can get help for free, right? Because I think, I'll, I mean, look, if you don't know 
that these programs exist. I can see myself in in that state going to a payday loan company because it's I saw it when I you know drove my car down the road or rode my bike. Like I could see it right there, right? And it's like, oh shit, I can get like instant cash right now and and relieve this debt. Or if you don't know how to pay off debt, or that you don't even know that you can like call the the, the credit card companies and like negotiate and take like literal interest rate off of your you know, off of your bill every month or, or look at forgiveness programs. If you are in student loan debt, like these things exist, but I, you know, I, literally like I am learning about this in the last 12 months that these programs existed, which is crazy. And it's like, how do you get the word out to, to people, but unless you tell them that they exist and it's like, it's cool to go there because like they literally will save your lives. Like I can picture myself and her, the, the woman that you mentioned her shoes and just, I would cry. I would just start crying. If you were like, Oh, you can your your student loan could be forgiven, or like we took two to three thousand dollars, you know, from interest off your credit cards. I'd be like, oh my god, it's like a godsend. We spend you know? so much money trying to get the word out. It is so hard, but we have to, you know, just keep trying and get in get in the message out and letting people know that these resources. Yeah. So where can people go to find out more about what you do? Perhaps even come to your offices. Like, where can people go? So they should visit our website www.urbanupbound.org. Mm-hmm. They can email me directly. It's Bethany at urbanupbound.org. And uh, yeah, we'll be, uh, and you guys will be posting some of the resource sheets that I. You're going to send 100%. over a bunch of links. They're going to be in the show notes. So if you're like yep. driving, you know, when you get to work, you could check. Um, yep. Yeah. So if you missed anything, of course, like we, like we just said, we'll have everything in the show notes and you can check your preferred podcast app or just visit Listen Money Matters dot com slash show and please subscribe wherever you normally listen to podcast if you know somebody who uh perhaps is in financial trouble maybe this episode they need to hear this episode mm. specifically because even if it gets them to take action to seek out either you know uh, urban upbound or one of your subsidiaries then i think that that would be super helpful and that would just be giving back to somebody who you know they don't have to listen to this whole show. They can just listen to this episode and go get actual help from a person one-on-one, which I think is really awesome. And point them to your other favorite episodes and hopefully they'll become a subscriber because that'd be nice too. And if you have any questions or topics you'd like us to talk about on future episodes of this show, you can email us, listenmoneymatters at gmail.com. And of course, all the tools and resources, including everything from Urban Upbound, are normally mentioned on the show and will be available at listenmoneymatters.com slash toolbox. So Bethany, thank you so much for coming on today. Thank you so much for having me. It's been a pleasure. Yeah, appreciate it. All right, later, Andrew. Later, Matt. Please tell your friends about this show.